Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Today we're closing out this LG Summer Series. I got to tell you, this is this series every year is one of my favorites of the year because here's what we do. We just study the Bible together, and we just let the Scripture, the passages, just take us wherever they take us, and we have learned this, this summer, man, we have learned how to really get the Word in us. In fact, that's one of our goals, get it in you. So everybody say it one more time, get it in you. Get it in. You get the Word of God in you. We have taught you how to do the SOAP Bible study method. We've taught you how to do it at home. We've taught you to do it in your family. We've taught you how to do it in your own life. We've done it on Sundays. Here's my challenge for you today as we wrap this up. Don't stop doing it. Everybody look at your neighbor. Tell them, don't stop using soap. (laughs) Come on, tell them. Look at your other neighbor. Tell them, use it every day. Yeah, come on. Hey, don't stop. You learned how to do this soap thing. Don't stop. In fact, we make it available for you on your LifeGate app. It's there all the time. All you got to do is get the app, download it, and you can do it every day. Make this a habit in your life. Get it in you. The second thing that we have challenged everyone to do is not just get the Word of God in us, but get the Word of God to people in the world who don't have it in their language. And some of you have already joined us on this by saying, hey, I want to set up a recurring gift to be able to give to Fire Bible throughout the year. Some of you, you're waiting on the last day. I'll just tell you, if you're waiting on the last day, today is the last day, all right? Today's the day. Others of you here at the end of the service, man, we're going to take up an offering to some of you just get started on that. Some of you are going to bring the whole $150. Some of you, that's nothing. You could do way more than that, but we've challenged every family to do 15 Bibles, $150 to translate Bibles to people that don't have Bibles, don't have it in their language, to get it out to people around the world. Because when we get it in us and we get it into others, guess what happens? Lives are changed. Come on, right? And that is our vision here at LifeGate, changing lives and a changing culture with the unchanging truth of God's word. We believe that the word of God has power to change lives, and that's why this is so, so important. And here's what we've been doing. We have been studying through the book of Ephesians. In fact, if you have your Bibles today, you can go ahead and open it up and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5 today. We're going to wrap this up by looking at this final chapter in Ephesians. And here's what we have learned. Let's just do a little bit of review here about what we have learned in Ephesians. We have learned that God wants to know us and he wants us to know him. Come on. That he is a God that you can actually know, that you can actually have a relationship with that Paul prayed this that we would know God more and why would he want us to know him more why would Paul pray that we would know God more why would God want to know us and us know him because our key thought for this whole series everybody say it with me on count three one two three knowing God changes everything man when I know God it changes everything in my life and we have discovered that throughout this whole this whole uh, time as we've studied in the book of Ephesians, we found out in Ephesians chapter 2 that the more I know God, man, the more I'm going to know his purpose for my life. We talked about how in Ephesians chapter 3 that the more I know God, the more I'm going to know his power to actually be able to carry out that purpose and live the kind of life that he wants me to live. We talked about how in Ephesians chapter 
four, the more I know God, the more I'm going to know his peace in my relationships, in my mind, in my heart, in every part of me because I know God. Last week, Pastor Colton, didn't he do a great job? Come on, sharing on Ephesians chapter 6. And I know some of you are going, well, we kind of skipped over chapter 5, and there's a reason for that. Everybody tell your neighbor, there's a reason. There's a reason for that, and the reason was this. I wanted to give Pastor Colton a chance to preach, but he was gone on the missions trip, and this week he's on vacation, and we were looking at Ephesians 5 and Ephesians 6 and what to preach, and I looked at Ephesians 5, and I said, you know what, Pastor Colton, that's a very pastoral message, and so why don't I share a little bit about that, and you talk about in Ephesians chapter 6 that the more I know God, the more I'm going to know his protection, and man, what a powerful message about putting on the armor of God, right? Come on. Now, today, here's where we're going to be. We're going to wrap this whole thing up, backtracking just a little bit into Ephesians chapter 5. And, man, I'm telling you, we're going we're gonna to learn some. I'll just be honest, all right? This is a very pastoral message today, okay? And I was feeling a little bit nervous about it as I got up. But, you know, I got the prayer team to pray over me. Then I opened my Bible, and the Lord just kind of put it on my heart and said, it's a very pastoral message, but you're a pastor, and that's who I made you to be. So you're perfect to share the message, all right? So we're going to jump into this. This is our scripture for today, Ephesians chapter 5. Some of y'all are nervous. You're going, oh, what is he going to talk about today? Well, you're going to find out in just a second. Here we go. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 3. Let's look at it together. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, there are, there, they are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. For you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things that these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light. Everybody say lights. You have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that the ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be what? Everybody say it. Will be exposed when the light shines on them. For light makes everything visible. Now, after reading that, how many know why I felt a little nervous about this message, right? And and yet, here's what the Word of God is saying. Here's what Paul is saying. Hey, when you come to know God, like when you come to relationship with him, something happens inside of you. Like there is a light that is shined inside of your heart. And when that light shines, it exposes all of the darkness and the light of God. Like when I really know God and his light is really in me, then darkness cannot live inside of me. The more I know him, the more his light is going to shine inside of me. In fact, I heard one pastor pretty recently say it like this, when light and darkness fight, light always wins. And here's the deal. When God's light is inside of us, it's going to change us. It's going to change the way we think. 
It's going to change the way we act. It's going to change even the desires of our heart. When, when we really know God, it changes us from the inside out. In fact, this leads us to our observation for today from this passage, and that is this. The more I know God, the more I'm going to know purity. Everybody say purity. The more I know God, here's, here's the deal. The more his light is inside of me, the less I'm going to, I'm going to want the darkness. The more God is inside of me, the less desire I'm going to have for the things of this world. The more I'm going to desire to live in a pure way, in a way that pleases God. In fact, this is what Paul says in verse 9. For this light within you produces what? It produces what is right and what is good and what is true. So carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Paul is saying, hey, when I know God, his light is going to be inside of me. And that light can't, and darkness and light can't, can't be in the same place. Like that light is going to produce good things inside of me. And so I've got to be careful that the way that I'm living and the way that I'm thinking and all the desires of my heart are what pleases the Lord. Because the more I know God, the more I'm going to want to know how to live in purity. So let's talk about this idea of purity for just a minute today. And is it important? I mean, why is it important? Is it more than just, you know, old fuddy-duddy pastor talking about how, you know, old school, how we ought to live? Is, is it really important? Well, according to Paul, it's extremely important. In fact, in this passage, as I was breaking it down, I felt like I, we could see four things that are important about living in purity for the followers of Christ that, that Paul points out in this passage, and I want you to see what they are. If you're taking notes, you can write them down. The first one, the reason that, that purity is important, because purity affects our testimony. Everybody say testimony. Our testimony. Look, look what he says in verse number three. He says, For let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. For such sins have what? Have no place... Among God's people. In other words, hey, if I know God, this stuff shouldn't be in my life, right? It has no place. And then what he says, obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. These things are what? They are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. What is Paul talking about? He's talking about as a follower of Christ, my testimony is important. Like it's important what other people see in me, right? Come on, because here's the deal, guys. Whether you like it or not, as a follower of Christ, some of you, maybe you're not a follower of Christ, but if you are in this room today, whether you like it or not, here's what you've got to understand. People are looking at you. They're looking to how you live. They're looking to what words you say. They're looking to what you post on Facebook and Instagram. Come on, right? They are watching you, and you are an example. And here's the thing. People, in, especially in our culture today, people are looking to Christians and they, by what they see in you, they are making decisions in their own life about what they think about God and what they think about church and what they think about Christians. This is why our testimony is so incredibly important. And you can say, well, you know, I, I, Pastor, I just really don't care what anybody else thinks. Well, you should if you're a follower of Christ. Now, here's the deal. We don't live to please others. We live to please God, but we live as an example to others of what it means to follow God, our testimony, and especially in a day and age today of social media, where your whole life, before you, you might run into someone, but now hundreds of people 
can see your testimony and see your life. And here's what, here's what Paul is saying. It's important that you live in such a way that speaks a testimony. In other words, if I am living an impure life, what kind of testimony am I giving to the world? Like if I'm saying, hey, I'm a Christian and I'm on, in church on Sunday with my hands lifted in the air, but, but during the week I'm living with my boyfriend. Come on. Like if, 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 if I got my Bible on my desk at work and everyone knows, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian and yet I'm participating in the imp- inappropriate talk and joking and stuff like that. Like what kind of light is that? What kind of testimony is that? If I'm, you know, checking in at LifeGate on Sunday morning, but then on Monday I'm sharing something on my Facebook that's, that's maybe a little bit inappropriate or off color or uses a little language, even if I put a disclaimer, hey, I know there's some language, but this is funny. I had to share. Come on, right? What kind of testimony am I giving? Now y'all know why I was nervous about the sermon, right? And just as your pastor, with boldness and yet with compassion, I want to just tell you, hey, why is purity important? It's important because we're an example. 1 Timothy 4, 12 says, set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. Like, it, it impacts our testimony. How can I live in darkness and tell others that I'm in the light? People are watching. Number two, write this one down. Now, I'm trying to help some people this morning. Number two, purity doesn't just affect my testimony. It affects my intimacy. Check this out, verse 7. Don't participate in the things that people that these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. Paul is saying, hey, we should live as people of the light. And why? Because darkness ruins intimacy. In fact, let me just ask you a little question here today. How many of you have ever had a secret before? Raise your hand. Come on. Now, just tell your neighbor what it is. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Like... If you've ever had a secret before, something you're keeping in the dark, you don't want to tell anybody else about, let me just ask you this. Like, what did it do to your relationships? Did it draw them closer? What did it do? It separates you. Why? Because I got a secret. I got, I'm living in some hidden sin, or I got some stuff that's in dark, and I don't want anybody to know. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep everybody at an arm's length, because if I let them close, they might find out about the thing that I have hidden, and I don't want them to know. That's what... That's what darkness does. That's what impurity does. It sabotages intimacy. In fact, I'll just tell you, this is, this is not a great illustration, but it, I'll just tell you, it reminds me of when I was a kid. I was in the eighth grade, okay? And in the eighth grade, I was a preacher's kid, grew up in an assembly of God church, you know. And so in, in that, those days especially, a good assembly of God church pastor's kid didn't go to dances. We don't believe in that. Come on, anybody remember those days, right? We don't believe in that. It's like my friend, he grew up Baptist. He said, he said dancing is a vertical representation of a horizontal intent. Come on, anybody ever heard that? Just think about that for a second, right? And we don't do that dancing stuff. And so here I am in the eighth grade. I'm a pastor's kid. Can't go to the dance and, and whatever. And, you know, I'll just be honest. Like, I didn't care about dancing because I, I couldn't dance then. I can't dance now. I'm terrible at dancing, all right? This white boy just don't got no moves, you know. But I wanted to go to the dance because my friends were at the dance, especially the girls. You know what I'm saying? We're at the dance. And my parents wouldn't let me go. And we're the preacher's kids. And people can't see you at the dance and all the different stuff that goes along with that. And so what did I do? I devised a little plan. I'll go spend the night with the Methodist kid because it's okay with the Methodists if they dance. They even had to dance at their church, you know what I'm saying, right? And so I went and spent the night with my friend, 
and we went to the dance together. And I go to the dance, and you know, you will not believe what happened when we got to the dance. I saw about half the church at the dance. I'm not kidding. And so now I'm having to run around. Don't tell mom and dad that I'm here, right? And, and so then I, when I have a good time at the dance, but then I go home the next day, and like, like guilt, first of all, is all over me. Secondly, like I'm worried that my parents are going to find out that I was at the dance. I barely talked to my parents for like six weeks after that because I was so afraid they were going to find out my secret. Now, I tell you, that's a silly illustration. You see how terrible your pastor was in the eighth grade, but it also is true. Think about in your life. When you have something you're keeping in the dark, what does it do to your relationships? It's separate. It doesn't draw you closer. It separates you from them. Think about this. If, man, if you're struggling, men, you're struggling with pornography and things like that, what is that going to do to your relationship with your marriage? It's going to, it's going to drive you apart because I'm afraid she's going to find out. What is it going to do in your relationship with your, with your friends and the people? Like if I'm hiding something and, man, I don't really want to go to life group or I don't really want to go to church. I don't want to get close to those people who love me because I'm afraid they'll find out. What happens in our relationship even with God? Well, I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to pray. I don't want to go to church because every time I do, God reminds me of those things that I've got in my life that I need to get right, and it even separates us from intimacy with God. This is why purity is so powerful because it affects our testimony. It affects our intimacy. Number three, write this down. Purity affects our security. Here's what I mean like by this. When I'm living with hidden sin, and I'm living in impurity, here's what happens. It makes me insecure. It opens up, it opens up for the enemy to be able to begin to talk in my head and say, you know what, you got that thing in your life. God doesn't love you anymore. You call yourself a Christian, you're not a Christian. You never even were really a Christian. If you were, you wouldn't be doing that stuff. You wouldn't have that stuff. Oh, you really think God's going to use you? You're praying about starting a ministry and being in it. Well, you can't do that because look at that stuff that you have in your life that nobody else knows about. And what happens? It breeds insecurity. Insecurity in who I am with God and who God has made me to be in my relationship with him. This is why purity is so important. It's our testimony, our intimacy, our security. Check this one out. If those others weren't enough, this one's, man, this one's the scary one. Purity affects our eternity. Look what Paul says in verse 3. Therefore, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories and foolish talk and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. And then he tells us why. Verse 5, for you can be sure, like count on this, he says, that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will what? Will inherit the kingdom of God in Christ. That's scary. Because it's eternity that's at stake. Like, here's what he says. He says, man, if I have this stuff going on, this impure thoughts, impure attitudes, impure talk, impure relationships, if I have this stuff going on in my life that I am in danger of missing out upon the kingdom of God, it's life and death, it's an eternal matter. Eternity is at stake. You say, Pastor, well, that's just one place where he says it. Well, let's see again in 1 Corinthians 6. Look what he says in verse 9. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourself. For those who indulge in sexual sin, those who worship idols or commit adultery or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheat people, none of those will inherit the kingdom of God. 
man, that's, that's bad news. Eternity is at stake. Man, that's, that's huge. Some of you are going, well, that's really bad news because, Pastor, like, I have some of those things going on in my life right now. It's bad. But I'll tell you, there's also good news. How many want to have some good news in this, all this? There's good news. And you find it right in the very next verse, in verse number 11. It says, some of you were once like that. But look what he says. But you were what? You were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. The good news is this. If we have this impurity in our lives, we are in danger of missing out on eternity with God, missing out on the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. But the good news is we can be made pure. We can be made right. That through God's Son, Jesus, that He can make us pure and holy once again. That that, that might be who you were, but through Jesus, that doesn't have to be who you are. That eternity in heaven can be yours through relationship with him. And if his light is shining in me, it will change me. The more I know him, the more I will begin to live in his purity. So you say, well, pastor, okay, that's good. How do I, how do I live this kind of stuff? In fact, that's our application for today. If purity is so important, how do I live it out in my life, if you're taking notes, I want you to remember three things. These are three things you got to keep in mind all the time if you're going to keep yourself pure. The first one is this. you got to understand that a lack of restraint will lead to a life of regret. Look at this. Look what Paul is teaching us. In this passage, over and over and over, he encourages us to use discipline and restraint. Check it out, verse number 7. He says, don't participate in the things that these people do. Verse 11, he says, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Verse 12, he says, for it is shameful to even talk about the things that the ungodly people do in secret. What is he saying? He's saying, use restraints. He's saying, hey, I know it might be tempting. I know that it might be easier to just fall in line with what culture is doing and what people are doing, but use some discipline. I know there might be some desires in your heart because we're humans and we have those desires, but we don't just follow every human fleshly desire. We use restraint. We practice discipline. We don't participate in it. We don't take part in it. We don't even talk about the things that are impure. And I might add to that today, we may, we're not going to watch it on TV. We're not going to listen to it on the radio. We're not I'm going to look at it on Instagram. We're going to practice restraints. Hey, I, I might be tempted, and there might be some times when stuff just my human nature comes out, but I'm not going to let that stuff go. I'm going to use discipline. Why? Because a lack of restraint leads to a life of regret. Why was Paul saying all this? He's just saying this because, hey, I'm a mean guy, and God's a mean God. They're just trying to keep you from having fun. No, 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 no. You know what he's trying to do? Keep you from having pain. Keep you from having heartache. Keep you from having struggle that God never meant for you to have. Right? And he's saying, hey, there's a way that you can actually live. Hey, this world has enough heartache and pain without us adding it. You know what I'm saying? And he says, if I don't, if I don't practice restraint... In the end, I'm going to end up with some pain and some heartache and some regret. And that's not what culture tells us today. The culture that we live in today, you know what? The culture tells us, do what you want. Do what makes you feel good. That's just the way you were made. You can just go with it. Just, just let it go. In fact, we even write songs about it. Let it go. Let it go. Right? But you know, you think about that, you think about that movie. How many have seen Frozen? Come on, you seen that movie? Everybody, you seen that song, got tired of that song a few years ago, right? 
But you think about the real, the real theme and the real lesson in that movie. You know what it was? You know what happened when she let it go? Every, everything was destroyed. It hurt her, and it hurt her family. It hurt her friends. It hurt everything that she loved when she decided, I'm not going to hold this back. I'm just going to let it all go and do what I want. And it's the same thing that the Scripture teaches us. Oh, you know, we all have desires, and we all have stuff 